I bring you greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ from our community of churches and ministries called the Presbytery of San Fernando. I am also pleased to tell you that over the weekend there will be about 5,000 people worshiping in 35 churches and new worshiping communities all the way from the Silver Lake area of Los Angeles to Lancaster that are part of our Presbytery. I have enjoyed worshiping with you through YouTube, and my family and I are so grateful for all that you're doing in order to include your congregation and many others into uh, our ongoing life of worship. It is wonderful to know that we are in this together. I don't know about you, but I feel that this pandemic has given us a better realization of how important it is for us to have moments like this in which we can pause and have our faith renewed and strengthened. Not only do we miss our sanctuaries, but we miss one another. And don't take me wrong, Zoom gatherings and phone calls and text messages and instant messages can be wonderful. And I'm grateful for them. But uh, to tell you the truth, sometimes they can be too many. In the midst of all this connectivity, sometimes we end up feeling disconnected. In the midst of all this communication, we can sometimes feel ourselves lonely and yearning to spending quality time face-to-face -face with the people that we care for, the people behind our screens. And as helpful as our screens are, as Christians, we know that we're truly brought together by the God who sent Jesus and continues to send the Holy Spirit to bring us into a real relationship of belonging to Him and one another. Yes, the circumstances of life can make us feel disconnected, disoriented, and the capacity to know so much about what our friends are doing and what they're eating and what they're, where they're going even be reminded of their birthdays, look at pictures of them all day, can be at times overwhelming. Technology has helped us go on with our lives and with our worship activities. But at the same time, our capacity to watch what's happening in millions of places simultaneously can be very disorienting. In some ways, the people of Israel felt disconnected from their homeland, from many of his, their friends and relatives, and at times from God. But Prophet Jeremiah described those who trust in the Lord as trees planted by water, sending out roots by the stream. And Jesus introducing himself as a true vine, and the Father as the vine grower to his disciples reminds us that our lives are all about deep relationships rather than just superficial connections. Since I am kind of new in town, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I was born and grew up for the 15, first 15 years of my life in a country called Venezuela, the size of Texas, and that is big or small, depending on your perspective. Venezuela is stuck right between the Caribbean Sea 
the Amazon forest, and the Andean mountains. Now you would think that because of my upbringing, I would know a lot about trees, but that's not the truth. I grew up in a five million people city called Caracas that is connected by freeways and a subway system in the midst of uh, an economic boom that came with oil. And the place, Venezuela, among the, the wealthiest countries in the Western Hemisphere. And with my dad being a high-ranking military and an attorney, we thought that everything will be very stable. At the age of 14, when I committed my life to Christ, I began to discover that following Jesus meant relating to people that could not afford to live within our neighborhoods. People from different backgrounds and social conditions and accents. Now, I wish I could tell you that the decades that came after that brought an improvement of things in my country, but as you may know, they actually brought great upheaval. There was an environment of polarization, distrust, tensions that affected the economy in such a way that it provoked the largest uh, exodus in, in the history of the region. And my family of origin was spread out, dislocated, into five different countries and three different continents. So yes, we've lost our security of our social status and some of us even our freedom to visit our country without being seen as threats. But in spite of that, we have a deep and abiding sense that regardless of what happens in Venezuela and in the world, we belong to God. We are part of this amazing story of transformation and life and hope that only God can make possible. So more than connected, we are firmly rooted in Him. Now part of being Presbyterian is valuing our roots. And you may know that the first Presbyterian church of Los Angeles was started about 166 years ago by Reverend James Woods in March of 1855. It was not an easy endeavor. As a matter of fact, it was chartered with 12 members and two elders, and one of the elders resigned shortly after, and then Reverend Woods resigned himself. But talking about roots, many of the people coming from other states were moving into the Los Angeles area, and soon there were about six congregations that came together in what was known as the Presbytery of Los Angeles. The churches continued to grow, and the Presbytery of Los Angeles turned into a synod. And then you know your own story. In 1968, Reverend Robert Boss was called by the Senate of Southern California and Hawaii to be the organizing pastor of this congregation that later became Westminster Presbyterian Church, located in a brand new planned community called Westlake Village. You're part of the roots of this community because roots are important. Now we know also that as a tree needs to have strong roots and be 
I would say, radically rooted in, in God. We also need to be connected to one another. And I will call that covenantally connected. So our faith, as personal as it is, is lived out in communion with our sisters and brothers in Christ. As individual as it is, it's also lived out in community. And that implies commitment to one another. To walking together in spite of the discouragement and the disappointments and the disagreements that we experience as the family of faith, we believe in being covenantally committed in Christ. So, because of God's love expressed to us in Christ, we know that we respond to the grace of God by serving God together. I don't know if you've noticed, but the word committee and commitment are very closely interrelated. Because we serve in our church in different capacities or within our presbytery or other parts of our church out of a response, not only uh, out of a need for um, filling out certain vacancies or opportunities of service, but because we're committed to one another and Christ is committed to us above all things. As you will know, share life is not always easy. I'm sure you had your share of different opinions about whether to open or not to open, to whether to use technology or to what extent to use technology and other different opinions that there might be. But in everything, we know that we go about life in our churches as an expression of the love of Christ for us. So we like to talk about connectionalism, but we also like to say that we Presbyterians do mission in partnership because our life is not all about ourselves, but we are meant to be branches of the true vine. We are called and commissioned by the Holy Spirit. As Jesus said to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and until the ends of the earth. So, we are the people of God engaged in the work of God all over the world. And Westminster Presbyterian Church is very much part of that. Let me tell you, in 166 years of our presbyteries here in the area, We've grown to about 236 churches, and that is more than one church every single year. We're no longer 12 people, as in that first church in Los Angeles, but we are about 44,000 people of all ages and walks of life, worshiping in languages as varied as English and Arabic and Mandarin and Korean and Spanish and many others. Thanks be to God, because we're not meant to just stay to ourselves, but to live 
and display the goodness of God in this world and to bear much fruit. One of the most memorable moments that I had uh, serving as international evangelism catalyst with the Presbyterian Mission Agency out of Louisville, Kentucky, was when I visited the Gayan Reformed Church in the city of Yogyakarta in Indonesia back in January 2015. See, in 15 years, the church had grown to include about 7,000 worshipers on a typical weekend, the majority of them being college age. Now, we were received by a very humble pastor, Pastor Paulus, of Buddhist background. As you know, Indonesia is a place of great uh, cultural and linguistic and religious diversity. But in the midst of that, that church had started serving their neighbors and continued to grow and expand. They had not been granted permission to build more facilities. And that was very sad for them. But they decided to create this beautiful, beautifully landscape prayer garden to welcome their visitors. Now, they invited people to come and pray in any way they would know how to. And they committed to teaching the people that came that wanted to, to learn how to pray in the name of Jesus. Guess what? The church continued to grow. And they were forced to start five additional churches. The church has continued to serve their neighbors. And I even asked them, Pastor Paul, in the United States, we are afraid of people that are different than we are. And he said to me, well, we face that reality too. But something that we teach our members is how to go to the madrasas, to the Muslim schools where the children are learning the Quran, and we teach them how to love them. That was so profound and so simple and so beautiful. As a typical Western pastor, I asked Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul, what will be your vision for the next 10 years? I mean, you have seen all these things happen in the last 15 years. What would you like to see? And he took a moment, and then he told me what I would like to see in the next 10 years is that we learn to love one another. My friends, fruit is not always measurable in terms of numbers. But we are called to love, to love God, to be radically rooted, in God's faithfulness, to be covenantally committed to one another, and to recognize that the Spirit is still calling us and commissioning us to go forth, to display the goodness and the grace of God, to experience the reality of God's love as a family and as a community, and to go not with fear, but with the love of our God. In the midst of everything that we are facing, let us remember the words of Prophet Jeremiah to the people of Israel, that those that trust upon the Lord will be like a tree that shall not fear when the heat comes, and its leaves will stay green in the year of drought. It is not ashes, and it does not cease to bear fruit. 
My friends, perhaps everything that is happening in the world has left you feeling disconnected or disoriented. Perhaps you feel like a dry or a broken branch that is unable of making any commitments and much less of any fruitfulness at all. I will invite you to pray and express your need for God and perhaps placing your heart in His loving hands as the vine grower that is still very much at work. Let us pray. Loving God, it is only in you that we live and move and have our being. We recognize that apart from you, we can't really have real life. We ask that you heal our diseases, that you discipline and train our wandering tendrils, and yes, you prune our unfruitful branches. We want to remain in Christ. And through all the changes of life, let you, O oh Christ, remain in us. Let us delight in bearing the fruits of love that are the purpose and the joy for us. For your name's sake. Amen.